Hey everybody, it's Audrey Ellis and you're listening to Ask Audrey. Just want to crack a little joke on myself. I purposely like to try to make my voice sound softer and sweeter when I say that because it's like, you know, I want it to sound like the same introduction every time, but you know, I say it every single time. I probably should record that and then just like add it to the episode to make it easier on myself, but old habits die hard. I probably would still say it even if I had it recorded on the side. Anyway, yesterday's episode, I was talking about anxiety, kind of wrapping up that series. And in that episode, I also mentioned how anxiety and depression are linked. And I mentioned that on purpose because I wanted to start the depression series pretty much because I'm doing this whole mental health awareness series like all together. And I'm going from one thing to another. And some of the mental health disorders that I'm going to talk about, I personally dealt with and that's why I kind of started with the ones that I know all too well started with anxiety because that's the first one that I ever experienced and I'm going to depression next I'm going to do a series on depression next because that is the next one that I've experienced and there's going to be others that we can talk about but I might not necessarily know personally what it looks like but I'm pretty sure I've known a person in my life who has struggled in some way or another from know different forms of mental health disorders like different forms of different kinds of mental health disorders like schizophrenia and um, bipolar disorder I probably might have to refer to discussing different celebrities because of course we know you know a lot of celebrities have started have started to become more vocal about their struggles with mental health which is awesome because for me there's nothing that makes me feel more normal than to find out that a person who is supposed to have it all together actually doesn't and they are okay with admitting that because then it makes me feel like well shoot if they can and they tell the whole world then why can't I and I remember one of my favorite people to listen to Charlamagne the guy he said that if someone has experienced something in life that forever changed them it's their responsibility to share their story like you know sexual abuse physical abuse whatever type of trauma it's your responsibility to share your story with others so that you can hopefully help other people you know do better get better and be better in life and i'm adding extra to it because i kind of took things i mean i kind of understood what he was saying and in context it kind of meant more than just the, the words that he said so i feel like that's why i'm doing this you know kind of why so i don't want to get on get into all of the depression i mean i don't want to get into like just the first episode about depression I want to kind of um, first give a definition and break down, you know, what depression is and how many different forms of depression there are. Because just like anxiety, there are numerous types of depression. And I'm actually just now learning that bipolar disorder is a form of depression. I never knew that. Um, oh my goodness. Well, I'm getting that from WebMD, and I'm sure WebMD is very credible, you know. But my mama used to always tell me when you're doing research, try to find someone who will um, give a what's not a second opinion but kind of confirm something or or kind of back it up like give it you know make it reputable make it more legitimate find a second source that has like a .gov or a .org you know ending on it because if they say the same thing then you can pretty much you know pretty much agree and say okay the first website must have been right she said the .coms are pretty much made by anybody but 
I feel like WebMD is cool. So the first ones I'm seeing so far on this website that I'm looking at uh, would be major depression. I've definitely been diagnosed with that. And it wasn't an easy diagnosis. Like even to this day, I'm still like, I don't have major depressive disorder. But I mean, if you look at the symptoms, you know, weight loss or weight gain. Now, weight loss. I've experienced weight loss when I was depressed. But once I come out of depression and came out of different, you know, eating situations, eating disorder situations, I was able to gain a healthy weight. But usually when I'm depressed, I can't eat at all. So um, trouble sleeping, you know, thoughts of suicide, all these different things. Most depression seems to kind of relate to, I mean, not relate to, kind of uh, lean towards suicide. It seems like most depression, most forms of depression can make a person feel suicidal. And I feel like that's probably, the more we get into this and the more I do my research, I'll probably find out that most mental health disorders can go that way because, you know, it's mental health disorders pretty much affect how the mind processes and how the mind thinks. And so when you feel like your mind is doing something all its own, it can make you feel so overwhelmed that you just want to end everything. And of course, that's not the answer, but it can definitely feel that way. I've definitely felt that way before. So another form of depression, which seems similar, but it's persistent depressive disorder. I don't know what's going on outside. I hope y'all don't hear like the clanking and things. It sounds like thunder, but it's not. I wish I had like a quieter room, but soon come. That'll come one day. Um, yeah, so persistent depressive disorder is another form of depression. Bipolar disorder, like I said, it used to be, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm finding this out as I'm speaking. It used to be called manic depression. So now it makes sense to me because bipolar disorder is kind of like when the moods just, there's so many episodes in your mood and they range from high to low and the low moods are depressive moods. So manic depression, because all of a sudden you go from being happy and on cloud nine to feeling your lowest low. So I get why it's a depressive disorder. Got it. Um, Seasonal affective disorder. Now that's one I've been looking for the, the the name for for the longest because I feel like I've had that, and I don't know if I mentioned that before, but I feel like I've had that, um, and it's not. I want. I don't want to say it's because of like the rainy weather, but in a sense, it has been because there have been times where, like, I've struggled with you know depression and anxiety, and the weather would scare me. And I know that sounds weird, but I'll get into that more when we get to that one specifically. I don't know if anyone else out there has ever felt that way, but it felt it feels weird. And I feel, even now, because I've never really talked about it before, I don't think I've ever mentioned it to my therapist, and I probably should, but I've never mentioned the fact that the weather, the way the weather looks outside at certain times when I've been depressed and anxious would make me feel like you know the world was coming to an end, or maybe not the entire world, but maybe just my life, or you know, so many different crazy thoughts. And I shouldn't say crazy. So many different outlandish thoughts would pop into my mind because of the weather, because of how the sky would look. And I would literally feel panicked and then I would feel scared and then I would feel sad. And I would want to, not even just sad, I would feel depressed and I would want to just curl up in a ball and like pull the covers over my face and just zone out, watch TV, watch YouTube, watch anything else but the sky and the weather. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit more when I talk about that one. I might talk about that one first because it's like the most raw for me right now. The next one is psychotic depression. Um, that's where depression kind of leads to hallucinations and delusions, false beliefs. That's probably why the weather scared me. Oh my goodness. I'm like having aha moments and it's not fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. Psychotic depression is possible that I've had that too. Goodness gracious. Okay, so 
I hope people are discovering stuff too. Like when you listen to this, maybe you might feel like, I never realized I had that. Don't be alarmed. I'm trying very hard not to be alarmed. And I actually feel good. Like I'm just being, I shouldn't say dramatic. I'm just being dramatic, but you know, just having fun. It's not as big of a deal. As long as you know what things are and you know how to, to handle it and you have your own like forms of therapy and methods of coping, then none of this stuff should scare you. And if you don't, then that's why we have to find ways to cope. Find things to do to cope. Music therapy, actual therapy, physical therapy, exercising, find ways to cope. Prayer, meditation, getting a religious base if you don't have one or a spiritual base, you know. Um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD is another one. And I learned about this one watching an episode of Special Victims Unit. And I never knew it was a real thing, but a girl killed her mother because of PMDD. Her mother was her mother didn't want to let her date a boyfriend that she really thought she loved and her mother called the cops and said this boyfriend raped her and the daughter was so overwhelmed and so upset and you know during that time of the month she snapped and she killed her mother and there have been studies on that and we'll get into that as well when we talk about that of course postpartum depression that one i like i said i've probably known a person who's gone through it and i do know a person who had really bad postpartum oh they're dumping the trash that is what I'm I kind of feel like I'm going to do this one again. I'm going to have to listen to it like intently and see if it's really that bad. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm thinking it's like Saturday or Sunday and today's Wednesday. I'm like, what is going on outside? It's 5 o'clock. They should have dumped the trash in the morning, which is crazy. Anyway, um, like I said, postpartum, I've known someone who's gone through that, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, situational depression there are so many different forms of depression so this series may last a long time but if some of them seem to relate you might be able to combine them join them together and and talk about them at once so situational depression is pretty much depression that can come from a situation pretty much hence the the name if you lose your job if you lose a relative you get divorced you know any life event that is stressful and upsetting if it's not treated or dealt with properly, it can turn into depression, which is called situational depression. Um, there's atypical depression. Um, atypical depression is like persistent sadness. So, it, you know, I don't know if many people are aware of this, but depression and sadness are not necessarily the same exact thing. A lot of people probably think so, that, you know, if you're sad, then you obviously are depressed. And if you're depressed, you're obviously sad. But sometimes during depression, you don't necessarily feel sad, you just feel numb and empty. And the sadness is like far from you at this point once you get into depression. So um, that's another thing that we have to talk about because oftentimes we, you know, we'll say, oh, I'm so depressed right now because my boyfriend broke up with me. But you may not be depressed. You may just be a little sad. And if you, you know, just tend to your feelings properly, you might be able to get through the sadness and not let it turn into, into depression. So those are just a few that I was able to find on WebMD. And what I wanna do now is um, pretty much give a general definition of depression for those of us who don't know what it means because like I said, some people think that it's just being sad for a long period of time. But I don't know if, um, how do you describe it? I'm so tired of that. I'm so, <laughs> I don't wanna do this over because I really like what I've shared. But I might have to because if it's just too distracting, there's no point. But depression is pretty much def defined as severe 
I said severe. I meant to say severe with a V. But it's feelings of severe despondency and dejection. So it's pretty much like feeling hopelessness and pessimism constantly. You know, you're like your your heart feels heavy all the time. Not just sadness, but a heavy heart. And for those of us who don't understand what I mean, it can't think of a time where their heart has felt heavy then you might not have ever felt that before and that's good good for you but if you know what a heavy heart feels like usually it's kind of a heavy heart can easily be related to when you lose a loved one or a friend that you love very dearly that heavy hearted feeling is kind of what depression is for an extended amount of time if that makes sense um you ever heard the term woe is me or the the, the euphemism woe is me depression can feel like that like a woe is me you know that just lasts for way too long and most times, bouts of depression usually last longer than a week. Sometimes, like if you're going into a month and you still feel despondent and you still feel, you know, um, woeful or, or hopeless, then that's the time that you want to start to find out if something is wrong with you deeper than just sadness or, um, or melancholy or just being upset, you know, about something. Because... You don't have to get depression from just losing a loved one. You can get depression because you've been disappointed in life. Life has disappointed you so deeply and so badly that now you feel depressed. Like, what's left in this world for me? What else can I do? There's nothing left. I was, you know, I, I just don't feel like life has dealt me a good hand. I don't feel like life is fair to me. Other people get to do things that I can't do. Other people get to have things I can't have. And you just feel constantly like the world is against you and you feel like you have like I said, hopelessness, no hope for the future or for anything good in your life. That Those kind of feelings are definitely a sign of depression, something that needs to be looked into. So this is just like an introductory episode that I'm doing to inform you about what depression is before we get into each individual type of depression that I've listed. And if I find more, whew, then we'll go into more. But for those of us who are struggling from depression, I'm going to leave in the description of the episode the phone number for the suicide hotline and um, any other you know, organizations that help people when they're dealing with uh, with depression and dealing with thoughts of suicide and you know anxious feelings and hopelessness. Because, like I said, I've struggled with many different forms of depression before, and I know how difficult it can be. I know how hopeless it can get, and I remember feeling like I would never see a happy day again. I remember feeling like I would never get out of this. Like the way my mind would work, I thought it would always be that way. And I remembered a time before that when I didn't feel that way and I just couldn't see how to get back to that. And I kept wanting to, and I kept hoping to, but I guess that was a little bit of hope I did have within myself that I could get back to a time or get back to the mind I had before depression hit. I just longed for that so badly, but it just didn't change just because I wanted it. It just didn't change just because I thought it. I had to be patient with myself, first of all, because patience is key. If you don't have patience for yourself, then it's like you're prolonging the healing process. If you're hard on yourself and you beat yourself up, you prolong the healing process. You have to be patient with yourself first because that patience gives you the openness to start making choices and making changes towards healing. And being patient with myself led me to say, let me go get therapy and let me go get group therapy on top of that because I wasn't really trying to be around people when I was depressed. So going to group therapy is difficult. Oftentimes when you go to group therapy, some people will quit after the first day because you, it's just hard and you have to really be ready to do it. So I had to make it up in my mind when I was ready and stick to it 
and see it through to the end, commit to it and see it through to the end and know that I was doing it for the betterment of myself, no matter how overwhelming it felt at times. And so I'm glad that I did and I'm glad that I can say that I'm not depressed anymore and I'm seeing happy days all the time. I laugh so much and I actually feel what I'm laughing at. When I was depressed, I couldn't feel anything. I would see funny things on TV and in movies and I would laugh because I knew you're supposed to, but I couldn't feel it. And I don't know if that makes sense to everyone, but for those of us who've been depressed and who've come out of depression, you probably understand what I'm saying. And for those of us who are still in depression, you understand what I'm saying. You can laugh at something, but not really feel it the way you once did before. Not really feel connected to the laughter. So, you know, I feel for you. And hopefully listening and, you know, coming and joining me every day in this community that I want to form for mental health awareness, hopefully we can come together and just try to help each other out. Because I've said it in other episodes before and I'm saying it now, just because I feel great now, I'm not going to like be boastful and say I'll never feel low again. I'll never feel anything that I felt in the past again. I'm aware of the possibility and I don't let it scare me. I just decide to go out each day and do my best at staying happy and holding on to my peace and my joy and my calm. I stay in within my coping skills. I keep you know, practicing meditation and using my crystals and continue to cope with life according to the, the tools that I've been given from my different groups that I've joined and different, different therapists that I've seen. So I continue to work towards trying to stay focused on the healing process because it's an ongoing journey, an ongoing battle. Sometimes it's a struggle, ongoing struggle, but once you learn some, some good tools and some good you know, skills and strategy, then you feel more prepared for the future. You feel like anything in the future, you can face it. So I definitely hope that in some way, what I'm doing right now will help someone feel more prepared to face the future, more prepared to even get up and do something, you know, towards seeing a brighter future as opposed to feeling that like there is no brighter future because there can be, there really can be. I can't promise everyone that there will be because everyone's struggle is different. And, you know, hopefully we can work together to bring down the, the suicide attempts and bring down the number of suicides that happen you know, try to give people encouragement and love in this life so they feel like they can hold on and feel like they're worth living, like their lives are worth living. But, you know, for those of us who, who can see a little bit of glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel, let's just hang in there. For those of us who can't, hopefully we can try to get you to do that. Hopefully we can try to get you to see that. And I say we because my dream is to definitely have a community of people who we can all rally together, support each other, send love to each other, extend hands to each other, extend prayer to each other, and positive vibes toward each other to help lift each other out of these struggles that other people might make mockery of or other people might not understand. So before I end, I need to uh, find a good crystal. Now, I hate to say that I'm not prepared, but I didn't come prepared. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, oh, gee golly. Goodness gracious, I'm gonna find one in my bag. I got a bag of tricks. Let me see here. What kind of crystals? I wonder what kind of crystals other people use. Like, that's another thing. I would like to do, you know, the kind of uh, like forums and, and community blogging and discussions to where we can share coping skills with each other. What do you do to cope when you struggle with depression? What do you do to cope when you struggle with anxiety? What do you do to cope in life, period? You know, what are some things that your family, family? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say parents, and then my brain said, no, say family. And so I put it together and I said, family. I like it. What are things that your family 
taught you that you feel has been useful in dealing with life every day and coping with life with life and the struggles that come inevitably? And what are some things that your parents and your family taught you that you realize now as an adult just don't really, I'm using my mother's words, don't really jive with you in this generation? And your parents may not know that because they're still thinking in their old generation and their old traditional ways of doing things. I would love to know those things. But um, let's see. A healing crystal that I would say is good for depression. Oh, I know one. Rose quartz. And it may not be like the orthodox crystal for depression, but for me it is because it's a crystal that symbolizes self-love. And oftentimes when we're depressed, the thoughts that we think are, like I said, what was me? Why is this always happening to me? Why am I so this? Why am I so ugly? Why am I so fat? Why am I so stupid? Why am I so, you know, like depression and those thoughts go hand in hand. So usually depression can lead to a lack of self-love, which is why we stop taking care of ourselves. We stop doing the self-care, like brushing our teeth, brushing our hair, taking showers. And if I'm being honest, that's what really happens when you get depressed. You stop doing all of those things. And I have to admit, I've been in a place where I've stopped taking care of myself in the hygienic way that I usually do. And I'm the kind of person who likes to smell good and I'm back to smelling good, I love it. But when I was depressed, I could care less about smelling good. And I would get embarrassed if people were around and they could smell that I didn't smell good. And I, that's another story I have to tell when I talk about the depression I've gone through. I've been around crushes, smelling terrible. And it still makes me cringe to this day, but nothing I can do about it now. But um, yeah, the rose quartz is a good crystal because it helps to encourage that self-love within yourself. Because when you start to invite self-love in, then it helps you to realize that the way you think about yourself in this depressed mode is not accurate. You know, it's not, it's not correct, it's not, and it's not fair to yourself. And when you love yourself, it's kind of like when you love someone else. If you love someone else, there's certain things that you don't want to see them go through, right? You don't want to see them in pain, you don't want to see them hurting, you don't want to see them suffer. And if you start to give that same type of love to yourself, then you won't want to see yourself in pain. You won't want to see yourself suffer. You won't want to hear anyone, let alone yourself, talk negatively to you, to yourself. So I like Rose Quartz for that reason because it just reminds and invites that that energy of self-love is a conduit for the emotion and the thought process that bring about self-love, like harness self-love within yourself, you know? So I wear a rose quartz bracelet every single day on my wrist. And I had one that I gave to someone that I met because I felt like they needed it and I had to buy myself another one. But that's how much I love what rose quartz symbolizes in my life. And I do feel more love for myself than I felt during the time that I was depressed. So I'm not recommending it. I'm gonna try very hard never to recommend things that I wouldn't do myself. Like I haven't said anything about medications because I am so against medication. It's not even funny, but only for me. Other people might say medication works for them and that is fine and that's cool. You have to take and do whatever works for you and there's no judgment. And I don't look down on anyone who takes medication, but for me, I've just had situations with medication that have had bad side effects and adverse reactions and you know, I just can't, I can't, you know, take medications too frequently. It has to be something that I've pretty much tried every holistic method of curing and healing. And if the last resort is a pharmaceutical medication, then I gotta pray on it, get some peace about it, and just do it. Just suck it up and do it. But usually I try to go the holistic route because of the bad experiences I've had with pharmaceutical medications. So that's the only reason why I say no to that. It's not because I look down on others who do it. Go for whatever makes you feel your best self, like your best self. So anyway, 
hope that helps. I always say that, but I really do. And I thank you so much for listening. And I hope you listen again tomorrow. Oh, no, I, no, 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 no. let's go into the even number. I can't let it do that. Got to get it to be uneven just for the purpose of not being OCD. <laughs> and it's okay to joke with yourself and about yourself. Don't take yourself too seriously because oftentimes that's what makes anxiety and depression and other things even worse. If you're just so uptight about everything, you got to be able to laugh at yourself. That's another thing my dad taught me. Ooh, before I, before I end this episode, I'm going to like just tell a little short story. I walked outside and my dad was watering the grass and the sidewalk, the driveway and the just all of the pavement around our house was wet, but it was dark so I didn't know it. He told me to bring him like the phone or bring him something. And so as I'm walking out to bring him whatever he asked me for, probably his hat or his jacket, as I'm walking out to bring it to him, I walked too quickly, not realizing how wet the ground was and how slippery my shoes were, and I fell and I hit my head, like just bang. It was, oh, it hurt really bad. Like everything was just ringing. And I wasn't like, I didn't have any concussion. I wasn't concussed, but I was embarrassed. And he started to laugh so hard. And my eyes started to well up because I wanted to cry because I thought that was so, so mean. Like, why would you do that? You're my dad. Why would you laugh at me when I'm in pain? And he didn't laugh at me on purpose or in a malicious, malicious sense. He told me to come here. And so I walked over to him and he said, okay, you know why I'm laughing, right? And I was like, because you're mean? He said, no, no, no. You, gotta, you know me better than that. I would never do that to you. I'm laughing because I want you to get used to being okay, being embarrassed in front of other people. Because when something embarrassing happens, people are definitely going to laugh. So you need to learn how to laugh at yourself first so people can't get to you when they laugh at you too or when they laugh at you first. You have to be able to laugh at yourself and laugh with people as they laugh at, at you because if you can't do that, you're going to give people a power in your life that will be hard to take back. He says, so I laugh so that you can feel the embarrassment but also so you can learn the lesson that if you can laugh too, then you've won. You have the power. You have the control. So from that point on, I just that, that was one of the most profound things that I ever learned. And I feel like I just butchered the way he said it so badly because I'm trying to remember it, but it just sounded so much more like a speech being given on the podium. It was just really profound. Like you, you got to learn how to laugh at yourself first. It was just one of the best pieces of advice. Advices. Mm-hmm. One of the best pieces of advice he's ever given me, and most useful even to this day. Whenever I something embarrassing happens, I can laugh first and laugh hard and laugh loudest and it's genuine because if it's funny it's funny it doesn't matter if it's me or if it's another person it's funny if it's funny it's funny certain things I won't laugh at though certain like forms of danger and things like that I won't laugh at but I can definitely laugh at myself and learning that helped me to just you know develop this strength within myself to not be as easily embarrassed as I probably would have been had he not shared a little gem dropped a little gem in my life and so from that point on, I would watch him and I realized that he's always done that too. Whenever something embarrassing happened to him, he was the first to laugh and the last one to finish laughing. And then I realized he wasn't just saying it, he was living it. So it made me, you know, that much more determined to live it too. So some people think I'm crazy when I laugh at myself, but I laugh at myself all day long because I think I'm funny and I think I'm quirky and weird and all kind of stuff. And I'm so cool with that. Some days I'm not, I have to be honest, but for the most part, I'm cool with that. So I appreciate that. I just wanted to share that little story because... I thought, you know, it might seem weird if I make jokes about my mental health issues and if I crack jokes on myself and say, oh, I don't want to be, I'm trying not to be OCD. I'm not trying to make mockery. I hope I don't offend anyone because it's not my intention. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm never so uptight about myself that I can't, you know, just laugh if it's funny. You know, that's all. So 
that you've let me share. And again, I thank y'all for listening. And I hope you listen again tomorrow. Have a good day, y'all. Thank you.